Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. 
Again, thank you everyone for being here on Clubhouse in the Breakfast with Champions. Uh, for those who were just joining us, or hopefully you've been here with us the whole time, uh, we'd like, we'd love, of course, for you both here on Clubhouse and on social media. Please do share this video uh, as we are going to be uh, in interviewing a, a phenomenal, phenomenal guest, Dr. Karen Walker, as we're talking about leadership and one of her books. Uh, leading by my ponytail, which is uh, really great. She's got a couple of other great titles as well that we're going to get into. Um, and we're going to just be talking about human behavior, leadership, and everything else. So invite some people into this room, share this video out, because we can indeed change the trajectory of perhaps of your life, of someone else's life, by inviting them into the right conversation, sharing the right information with them. And that's how we can change the world. So I am joined by the one and only none other than Randy Kenneth Jones of Jones and for Good. So Randy, welcome, welcome, welcome. And uh, we'll be bringing Dr. Karen on momentarily. You literally just promised them, Tony, we were gonna talk about everything. We have one hour. We have hijacked the show from Amelia for one hour. We cannot talk about everything. And you disappeared. Now I can't hear you. So now I'm stuck. I can't hear you in Clubhouse. <laughs> you somehow we can't hear you in Clubhouse. Is your mic on? He's muted. It says oh, you're muted. I, I don't know if I'm muted. Oh, I did mute myself because <laughs> I was giving way to you. So okay. With that said, <laughs> Randy, take over. <laughs> oh, I am so happy. Welcome everyone. Thank you to Amelia for actually. She obviously knows we did this. Uh, such a treat to be able to come in and 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 host the speak the speakers and the guests that we have every single uh, Friday at 11 o'clock. Really grateful for this. We have this week somebody, we've actually tried to hook this up for a while, Dr. Karen Walker. We have Dr. Karen Walker joining the show. Now, she is broadcasting live from her car in Washington, D.C., or the, the Maryland suburbs or wherever. I have to say, it is kind of funny if you you can go to Randall Kenneth Jones, Randall K. Jones on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Tony's pages, Amelia's pages. Are we on Amelia's we pages? We are on too, Amelia's Tony? pages. You can go to YouTube. If you want to watch, listen in Clubhouse or watch or whatever or watch us, we do a somewhat different show. There's lots of interesting facial expressions <laughs> in the stream that you don't get to see or uh, on Clubhouse. So. Yeah, and, and for uh, those and people who are actually watching the stream, you can actually comment, interact with us on the stream on your social media platforms and ask questions there as well. Dr. Karen Walker, yes, how are you? Thank you. Good. Thank you so much. Okay. For, I want to know, I'm going to talk more about who you are. Do you get sick of the Will and Grace thing? You've got to get uh, sick of the you Karen know Walker what? Will and Grace I, I love that show, Will and Grace. So it's funny when people, um, you know, they hear my name and they're like, oh my gosh, Will and Grace. I mean, because so, I love, I love, mind. love, love, love Megan Mullally and Will and Grace as yes. Karen Walker. Me so too. I heard that. That's all I thought about. But whereas she has one personality type, <laughs> you're very different from Dr. from Karen Walker and Will and Grace. Dr. Karen Walker is you're an expert in organizational psychology. You're an author. We want to talk about your three book titles later and an advocate for diversity and change. You have this educational background kills me, a PhD in industrial organizational psychology, a master's degree in human behavior and a bachelor's degree in communications. You are retired from the US Marine Corps. You have an extensive background in government and corporate industries as well as academia. So maybe Tony, I was wrong with that background. Maybe we can talk about everything. <laughs> 
we can listen she's you know she's she, she's an all-around woman right I, yeah I, it sounds like there's nothing she's not qualified to talk about and listen not only I, I gotta just say first of all thank you for your service and I've got to say not only was she in the military she was in the Marines that's oh yeah that's, oh yeah that's the next level yeah, yeah. Oh, and by the way, I've got to say that we're also joined by uh, by Tara Murney, of course, and by Charleston Gaines as well that, that are here on screen with us. And again, I'll just remind everyone, if you want to uh, follow along and watch, you can just look me up, Tony Rodriguez, um, with an S on uh, Facebook and also on YouTube, uh, hashtag Get Up and Grow, like you name here, uh, and you can follow along. So with that, back to you, Randy. Dr. Walker. Okay, yeah. so... I want you to talk a bit more about what you do and, you know, give your own introduction of you, but I am going to put this in the framework of a question because I'm fascinated. How did your time in the military shape this work? So as you talk sure. about really what it is you do with organizations and with individuals, I really want to hear how the military shaped this. I'm fascinated by that. I'm absolutely fascinated by that background. Sure. No, thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And, um, for those that are able to watch and you know that I'm in the car, but as a, <laughs> as a veteran, um, we take our health care very seriously. And if you have an appointment at the VA, it's like four months out sometimes that you've scheduled it. And so that's why I'm in my car because I also have an appointment at the VA today. And so I could not reschedule that. So um, that's a story about, you know, our veterans and um, some of the things that we have to do. But um, I did 21 years in the Marine Corps. And when you say Marine Corps, uh, Marines, we, we like to growl and grunt. So our, our um, hurrah and all that, <laughs> we have our own language. Um, so Marines definitely are, are a different breed from the rest, as Tony uh, alluded to. But I did 21 years in the Marine Corps and three tours in Iraq uh, successfully. Um, and um, I did active duty time and reserve time. So what I learned from that is when I transitioned from active duty to reserves, um, I was told by everyone, oh, you won't have any problems finding a job um, because at that point I had my PhD as you mentioned in um, industrial organizational psychology and three tours in Iraq and everyone said you know you'll go out there you'll find a, a great job so I you know struggled for about a year being unemployed um, with depression just really trying to find my way and identity outside of the military and I think um, I can relate a lot to veterans that have that experience transitioning from the military um, until I realized um, you have to not only look for your skill sets, but your passion in life um, once you kind of transition to a new space. And so that's a lot of the focus that I do now in my work with not just organizations, but people and not just veterans, but people everywhere. Um, is really looking at your skill sets and also combining that with your passion to build that confidence to make that next step in your life. So um, I think that's really helped me. The military um, has helped me to see that in myself and then for others as well. What advice do you, well, you talk about this in your books and, and you talk about being a woman in a male-dominated industry, if you will, which certainly you have been in that. 
what advice do you have for women entering a male-dominated industry? Sure, absolutely. Um, so a lot of, not, I mean, not just as a female, you know, marine officer, but also um, as a researcher, I've done a, quite a bit in this area. And I narrowed it down to um, kind of four things, which um, is an acronym called FSET, which is femininity, self-efficacy, emotional intelligence, and teamwork. And women actually have um, great skill sets in these areas to help them in male-dominated industries. So when I say femininity, it's not that you're female or male and use that, you know. It's more so understanding that you have to lead from where you are. And as women, you can't lead like a man, right? I mean, you have to lead in your own way and find out what that is. And, um, you know, I think as, as a Marine, I, I would watch other Marines and um, think like, oh, you know, I can't um, be myself, right? I can't um, show that I can smile and I can laugh and I can... Did we lose you? Did we lose her? Yep. Can you still hear me? You're back. Yay. Now you're gone again. There are like the do not disturbs, I think, probably, right? Yeah, the, the, the little icon in the bottom right, the little, okay. that, the little microphone icon, you need to make sure that that does not have to circle with the line through it because if you lose you again, Tara has to sing. Oh, okay. So, yeah, Tara will have to sing a little number. Yeah, and Tony think... will have to actually do, he'll have to do stand-up after that, so. I can do stand-up, you don't right. want to hear me sing. Stand-up setting down, stand-up setting down, so we're back. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Um, so I, I was trying to make sure I have like a do not disturb, so can you still hear me now? We are good, we can hear okay, you now. Okay, good. All right, so I was saying that, um, you know, women being able to lead in their own way, right? So, I mean, I can be myself and I that makes me a better leader because I'm authentic. So when people can relate to me, then, um, you know, sometimes you have to be vulnerable in your own way that, that comes out too. But people will want to connect with you as a leader if you're leading um, by, you know, who you are, not being an imposter, right? Being Trying to be someone that you're not. Um, the S for self-efficacy is um, believing in the belief in your ability to succeed, your ability to do things. Um, so you have to be good at your job, whatever it is, and you have to believe that you can do it. So um, that's a big part also for women, um, knowing that you're good at your job and believing that um, so that you're able to succeed when you're in a male-dominated industry, right? I mean, men naturally have this confidence that they will take on a job even if they don't have the skill sets. And women, we could have like double the skills and we'll still be like, oh, I think I need another degree in that. Um, but men will be like, I, I could do that, you know, and, and they'll kind of find their way. But, um, but women just, uh, as far as self-efficacy goes, just believing in your worth. Go ahead, Tony. Yeah, I was going to say there's, you know, there's a the quote that, that I often share that says there are people out there less qualified than you doing what it is that you want to do just be, simply because they believe they could. Exactly. Right? So and Tony, unless yourself. I'm curious, Tony's very quiet in my clubhouse. Is Tony very quiet? For yeah, other people? he's very far away. Maybe and Tony is not a quiet boy. Tony is a loud, boisterous man. 
who can project and we've lost you completely. Yeah. Nope. No sound. Yeah, we've lost. Oh, well, you perhaps I should have oh, muted. Perhaps I should have unmuted when I start to speak. <laughs> so did you guys hear what I said? Right. We heard you. We heard okay, your great. Comment. That's great. Thank you. Um, and then the E in FSET is emotional intelligence. And women tend to have a skill set here um, that is comes more naturally. But emotional intelligence has two aspects to it. Most people know about the awareness part which is your awareness of your emotions, right, in yourself and in others. And women can naturally key in on that um, pretty quickly. Um, but there's also another component to it, which is the management of those emotions and skill sets. So, and that's something we can all um, work on. But so emotional intelligence is key. And the last aspect of FSET is teamwork, which is um, about the collaborative aspect that women bring to the workforce or any organization. And um, that's really helpful in getting people kind of to come together and using we language, right? So not taking credit for everything that's involved, but getting people involved and saying, you know, we can do this. And um, that, that type of language is powerful. And that type of leadership is that transformative leadership styles that a lot of women can bring to the table. So. Can I give you a part B on this? And I'm going to give you some background. I'm really curious because I think we could do a whole show on this. <laughs> I love all the women's empowerment opportunities that are out there. There are books there. We talked this morning about the G100. There are so many organizations. There's so much. And I love women lifting women up. What I've always been concerned about is the lack of resources and books and organizations to make men better men. Yeah. I, I've still not seen it. And I tell you who pointed that out to me was my friend, Joanne Lamarca, who retired recently as executive producer of Hoda and Jenna, a very female focused show. But here she said to me, I'm raising a teenage son. Where do I go to make my boy a better man? Yeah, and I it is that. a challenge. So I'm going to, with that, because that's something that frustrates me and the gentlemen who are here, and participating, especially in the G100 and stuff, I think you probably understand what I'm saying. But what advice do you have for men to be more welcoming, to be more accepting a woman into their male-dominated industry? What can men do to be more welcome and open to that woman and allowing them to flourish in that environment? Sure. I mean, I could take that a lot of different ways, um, but I think number one is being, you know, an advocate and an ally for women all around. Um, you know, as a woman officer in the Marines, there was less than 6% of us. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest challenges is finding those advocates and allies. And really, it's kind of a brother that will stand there and say, like, I have full confidence in this person that they can do it just like, you know, me. Um, and sometimes, you know, that's enough. And I think as a, as a leader, leadership, I think, is all encompassing. It's not male or female. And um, if you're wanting to bring more, you know, women on board, I think it's about advocating um, the fact that they have amazing strengths and skills that you also believe in, right? Um, so I, I think I would give that kind of
kind of ad advice um, and also just strengthening the networks to do that because men seem to naturally network very well and women we're still coming around to that what that means you know that um, we don't have to be each other's competition but we can be each other's advocates and really um, you know there's a lot of work out there to be done and we're not taking it away from each other but we're actually helping each other yeah, do you Tony go ahead that was such a good question that you posed, Randy, because in today's world, one of the things that's happening is, uh, and this is a topic, a whole side topic for, for another conversation. We could literally do a whole show. And I, yeah. and I know I've not talked about it before, but it is a pet peeve of mine. So. No, it is because in, in, in today's culture, you know, we need to uplift women because in my, you know, in my humble opinion, I think that women are much better at multitasking if there is such a thing, which there's an argument that multitasking isn't a thing, but certainly if, if, if you know, you, women are much better at multitasking than men. And I think that uh, that we need more women in leadership. We need more women uh, because, listen, we may be stronger physically, but I think that mo many women are st stronger mentally, right? Emotionally, certainly. Um, but one of the things that's happening with, with men in society, and to your point, you know, uh, they were, the, the, your friend was asking, you know, she's raising a teenage son. It's important to, to instill positive masculine values and traits in our young men and boys because we are pulling that away from them because we're saying that toxic masculinity and all this other BS, these BS terms, um, and I can get into that. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. If indeed you're dealing with someone that's got toxic. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Masculinity, you may indeed want to make sure that you're just not dealing with a blank hole, right? Because the reality of it is, uh, I think that's one of the big challenges then when you do that, then you then it's almost like men are competing with women more so than if they're certain in themselves and they own who they are. So sure. anyway, a whole nother but, conversation. But uh, well, on a note, a note on that for for you, Tony, and also Randy, your friend. Um, so I um, adopted my son um, when he was nine, and I was very much searching for things to, you know, at the time as a single mom raising a son you know and how can i kind of instill some of this in him you know of um you know being a good man right i mean mm -hmm. how am i going to do that and so um some of the most helpful things for me was to learn that you know the things i say around him really impact him greatly in my view of men um so you know i would make comments like you know, wow, that man over there, you know, he's very, you know, strong or he's very polite or he's, you know, and when my son would hear me say that, then I would see him try and do like those same things, right? He wants to impress me because he thinks that's what, you know, should be. So, I mean, it's likewise, if you're saying only negative things, then, you know, your children pick up on, you know, that energy. So it's just um, they're very impressionable, and I think you can, um, you know, be helpful in shaping what 
um, you know, a good man kind of uh, would, you know, attribute and the same for, you know, women as well. But um, leadership, like I said, is all in encompassing. And I think there are behaviors that are, are helpful that make a good leader or a good uh, boss um, that go across gender. I think you brought up something by accident, which I'm fa the fact that you adopted at nine, a nine year old. Yeah, sure. Bravo. Thank yes. you. Sure. Amazing. Thank you. Uh, and you do understand what I'm talking about insofar as trying to, you know, where are the role models? But we do. We are role models. As they say, children will listen. So now you've introduced something into my head <laughs> that I'm trying to craft into a question. You yeah. adopted a child who was not fully formed, but was formed, yeah. had behaviors, had ideas, had thoughts, had a belief system developing already, whether that be good or bad, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So you had to address that. This person, he's come to me with this specific set of characteristics or traits, and you have to work with them and mold them and improve them. That's what you do professionally as well. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, so, don't okay, like I just to do it. Know how did it differ from molding your son's view of the world to molding a professional's view of their world with you? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, when you're doing it professionally, it's different, right? Because you get to go home and not have to deal <laughs> with it. I think uh, dealing with it personally, it, it was, you know, it's life-altering i think i was able to change in my own way and you get to see and i think as parents you do anyways right i mean as your children um, go to different uh, parts of their or stages of their life you also go through different stages as a parent and you start to see different sides of your own self so i think um you know having to you know adopting my son at an older age he did come to me with already some ideas and beliefs that were formed, you know, from his birth family, from his foster family, and then coming to me. And he thought, you know, certain, uh, you know, cliches that he had heard or stereotypes he had heard and seen. And I tried my best to kind of bring him around people that broke those stereotypes for him. And, um, you know, it was not always easy because sometimes he would just say what was the first thing on his mind and people that didn't know him would kind of be like what in the world right um uh, but it's an education process for i think everybody involved you know to be able to learn more about adoption learn on their end and then also you know for him to learn more about different cultures um and different environments so i think it's about asking curious questions and not, um, you know, being judgmental, but actually being open to learning. Well, is this a variation of leading by example? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I think every day with your kids is leading by example. Sometimes it's more difficult than others. One thing I've noticed from a man, I've never written a management book, and I'm not going to because nobody's going to read it. But <laughs> I have said that a lot of the skills that I used as a parent I have taken into the business world as well. And I remember I was very lucky. I've interviewed Barbara Corcoran before, and I'm going to paraphrase this, but I remember her talking about she was raised like one of nine in like a two-bedroom apartment or something like that. It's, it was crazy. 
and how her mom would be like, no nonsense. Like, okay, the kids are fighting. I'm going to put you in a room. You all figure it out. Don't come out till you've solved it. I'm, I'm, you know, and I just think that's kind of fascinating the approach that her mother took. So that lead by example thing is a very powerful tool. And you take that into your professional world. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, working with many different government agencies and, you know, uh, corporate uh, areas as well and throughout academia, it's one thing they all have in common, whether it's um, the dysfunction or high productivity is the people. And you can't get away from from that. And I think um, that's the aspect that I really enjoy is you know, learning about the different relationships and dynamics with people. And, um, you know, we've seen quite a drastic change over the last two years, I would say, in how people have had to interact with each other and engage. I'm curious, why did you pursue this field? I'm always kind of, I'm curious, I, I, I do a lot of medical writing. I always talk to doctors. Why did you specialize in that? Why on earth would you want to be a gastroenterologist? I'm never in a million years going to understand why you would choose this line of work. I I don't get it. But why did you choose this? Why did you choose? It just, to me, it's an interesting combination. And I'm missing the connection between military and the Marine Corps and leadership development. Sure. Well, I mean, as a a Marine officer, you're whole I think career is about leading Marines I mean that's Mm -hmm. your greatest honor your greatest privilege is to lead Marines and um, you know I think retiring from the Marine Corps and then um, also doing now my work with organizational psychology is um, being able to work within the HR kind of pipeline from beginning to end and seeing how they bring um, people on, you know, whether it's recruitment and hiring to the leadership development aspect of um, building leaders within an organization and then also measuring kind of the climate and culture within an organization. And then how do they uh, work on retention? How do they keep people uh, from leaving an organization? And that whole aspect, I think, really uh, speaks to me, um, you know, as far as a leader um, so that, that's been my interest. Um, and then also, you know, human behavior was my master's. So I think that really drove it home. And then um, organizational psychology is kind of like the business um, psychology version. So I got a question here from Charlson. Now, am I saying that right? Nod your head if I'm saying Charlson right. It's not anything tricky or different. Who said, ask Randy, can you ask the difference, her, the difference between leading Marines and who she leads now. And I'm going to throw the child into the mix on that. So I'm going to really say, so what is the difference between the Marines, the professionals in the industries you support, and then let's throw the kid in there. What's the difference? Sure. Um, Well, for my Marines out there, they'll understand. Uh, I think in the Marines, you you used to be able to do the knife hand approach. um, but that's uh, <laughs> where, you know, it's like how you can talk and how you um, express yourself. And that's a, the, the thing they say is the knife hand, right? 
Um, so you're not touching anybody or hurting anybody, but you can be assertive in your own way with this hand. It's the knife hand. Um, and you also have what we call staff NCOs, right? So I would say I could speak softly and carry a big staff NCO, which is like your senior enlisted member, right? They're kind of the hammer for you. Um, and I think you can um, command respect in the um, Marine Corps, right? Um, you, don't demand, you don't demand it, you command it, meaning your presence and your um, demeanor. And um, now in my work, I know people that know me well will say, oh, wow, you know, I saw you go Marine right then. Um, if I'm doing something, <laughs> um, you know, because I'm generally very, you know, this is me, this is how I speak, and this is how I, I engage. But, um, you know, I guess sometimes, you know, the Marine will click, but it's just very precise and, you know, orderly. Um, with my children, it's, um, I think, you know, that doesn't always work. So you just have to do like a lot more, you know, listening, bartering sometimes with your kids. And um, I think probably, I think I've learned a lot more of like the behavioral skills with kids um, of figuring out exactly what um, they need in the moment and how I can um, kind of also enforce the, the rules, I guess, of the home at the same time. So I found bag. something, somebody told me this years ago and my kids are now 31 and 32 and they don't care about what I say at all. So um, they have fired me from being a parent. And well, actually they occasionally throw me a parental bone and they call me for advice on Father's Day. So I feel like I'm important and I, I'm being sarcastic. But I had said, I had heard that if you talk to your child for 30 minutes on their terms about their topics, about what they're interested in, about their life and sort of almost let them lead it, that after 30 minutes, they're gonna start to really open up I don't know, but I, okay, with my kids that did work, but yeah. I've also seen that work with adults. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's about building rapport, and that goes back to that whole, um, you know, trust and vulnerability aspect, right? I mean, so people want to know that you're human, and they can relate to you, and they try to find a way that they can do that. So um, absolutely, you know, leaders can't just sit behind their desk and try and lead. They've got to get out and be with the people and that's a really big aspect um, of you know being able to be approachable that's really huge what's your best advice okay i'm gonna paint a little bit more of a picture i, I believe a lot of the people in this room are independent consultants a lot of us work at home uh, we run small businesses whether we have one employee or two or three uh, we are consultants we're working for ourselves in many cases a lot not everyone What's your best advice for a solopreneur? Sure. For those of us who are, I mean, I, I've talked about this before. I can pick up the phone and call Tara, and I do. And, and I can pick up the phone and call Tony. So I have my network of people that I can talk to. And I can, if I'm having a bad day, I can dump it out on Tara, and I do. So, but what's your best advice for, for success for us from a human behavior standpoint? Sure. Um, well, two things I would say. I mean, first, um, I'm always, I'm big on doing self-assessments. Well, assessments in general, because that's the world I live in, so measurement. But um, doing some type of self-assessment for you to understand kind of where you are in this moment um, as you're stepping out as a sol solopreneur, um, you know, to understand kind of whether it's your emotional intelligence or 
just your basic kind of competencies, your skill sets, right? Um, so that you can kind of gauge what, where are your kind of pitfalls or where are your blind spots so that maybe if you do need to bring in extra help in an area that you can be vulnerable in that and understand that about yourself, right? If you are not that um, compassionate, then maybe you need to bring somebody in that can do that forward facing with your clients that you're just not, you know, that's not your expertise, that's not your area. Um, and those are some things you can just, you know, get some like putting the mirror on yourself is a big deal when you're starting out, you know, to get that in your face moment of like, okay, this is who I am and this is where I'm starting, let's go. I'd say that, that I recommend that a lot. Um, and then secondly, is a way to set yourself apart from others um, in the work that you do. So, um, you know, anytime you're taking on a new client or a new um, space is being able to measure that um, definition of success. And, you know, I'll take that moment as uh, my new book that's uh, coming out um, is uh, keeping score. How I was going to say, that was actually my next question. Yeah, okay. So you're segueing great into your new book, Keeping Thanks. Score. Yeah, Keeping Score, How the Best Consultants Measure Impact and Success. And so that's exactly what I talk about. And not just, you know, for consultants and coaches, but mainly, you know, if you're in that line of work where you're working with clients um, or organizations and leadership, but, um, you know, being able to understand how to set yourself apart from others and measuring up front so that you know exactly where you're starting from so you know how much you've grown or how much you've changed and how much you've impacted. Because a lot of times in the, those types of settings, people will say, well, I know I'm successful because my client feels better and they're happier. And it's just in business, feelings don't equate to money mm -hmm. and businesses don't <laughs> want to pay for feelings. So when um, you want to measure success and impact, it's best to do that with some type of measurement tool in your line of work. So when you take on a new client, you're able to say, okay, you started out, you know, like kind of ground zero and now I've moved you to, you know, 30% um, higher and um, numbers actually tell a story and, they're actually able to, you know, tie into the impact and success that you bring to an organization or a person. Uh, when you look at your, okay, you're talking about looking at yourself in a mirror. Yeah, Here's absolutely. my problem. And I think a lot of people share this problem. I, I, I'm actually fascinated by learning about myself. I think it's fun and interesting. A lot of people are afraid of it and they don't have the ability to do it. They need a you, they need an Amelia to help guide them through that. Sure. You talk about looking in the mirror. If I'm looking in the mirror today, I'm only seeing myself look back and my coworker is a 66 pound Airedale dog. So what is your recommendation for those people who have limited contact? And we certainly, even though we've in many ways moved past COVID and all being home, still there's a lot of people left with limited contact. What are the best tools in your mind to help with us looking in that mirror? Is there your book? What other books do you have? What tools do you have to help us understand ourselves? Sure, of course, I'll recommend my books, but um, I don't. I don't say you just have to read mine. But I think um, most self-reflection tools will be really helpful, and you can um, meet with somebody one-on-one -on -one to go over them. And, and most everything is virtual now because of what we've gone through the last, 
you know, two years. So if you want to continue to be virtual, you can do that, or you can set up, you know, something more kind of one-on-one um, in person. But I think um, if you're able to do kind of any type of assessment, like I mentioned, um, they have like the EQI, which is for emotional intelligence. That's usually a good starting point because it measures things from, you know, your stress tolerance, uh, your decision making, these aspects of kind of self-awareness that can apply to many different areas of your life. Um, Many people will go towards the Myers-Briggs as a general starting point as well, um, just to get a gleam of kind of you know, am I introverted? Am I extroverted? Um, what type of, how this affects my relationships? Um, and then, of course, I mentioned I have the FSET inventory, um, and that looks uh, specifically at transition spaces in your life. So, if you're getting ready to retire, if you're changing jobs, if you're going to school and you don't know what job you want, um, that's a good place to start as well. Of course, now we're going to have to say Amelia's Genius Key. Yeah. Tool. And the Genius Key is available. Um, It's a great perspective over you and um, gives you insight into your genius, your natural Mm -hmm. genius, um, and many different areas you can go with that, too, and looking for employment. And and I wasn't setting that up to be a a commercial for Amelia, but that's an obvious thing to say. No, but absolutely, yeah. But then Um, another thing came up. I love it when the conversation just sort of leads sort of naturally. Is all this time alone healthy? I love my Tara time, but Tara still lives in the North Pole and not quite the North Pole, but she lives in Canada. She's north of me. I love my Tara time, but me and the 66 pound dog, I feel like, is it unhealthy to spend as much time alone? What is the importance in your mind to the balance between alone time, working at home, if we do, or even you can even be within an office and almost set yourself aside. You can go in your office and shut the door. Talk to me about the importance of human interaction. Sure, absolutely. I mean, it's very important in terms of, you know, building your relationships. And I think that's why this, uh, any type of assessment will help you to kind of see where you are and how your alone time might be affecting other areas of your life that you didn't even know about. Um, because, of, of course, of all that we've experienced over the last year, at least, Um, everybody's in a different place and everybody's experience has been different. Um, In terms of introverted and extroverted, though, many um, introverts get their energy from being alone. Um, So that can be helpful. But if, you know, if that's your only outlet, um, you still probably do need that human connection. I mean, we naturally do have that hierarchy of needs, which is, you know, kind of belongingness and connectedness is in there. So you will, you know, eventually kind of feel that deprivation from not getting the connectedness. So I think that's something to think about as well. And how and how you get that is going to be important. You know what? And Tony, we need to reset this room and tell people where we are and what we're doing. And, and as Tony does that, I want to open this up to other. We have we have human behaviorist Amelia every single week. Now we have a different human behavior expert, Dr. Karen Walker, and let's take advantage of this opportunity. Tony, you chime in for a minute here, get us up to speed, and then I want to open the floor. 100%. And listen, and to what you're saying, I'll just add that personal development is so epically important, right? To be self-aware, to know where those gaps are, to know your weaknesses, and yes, to know your strengths. So that the genius key assessment that I 
took you know a few months ago is probably one of the best that I've that I've come across because it really does. Ab- show I, and I actually are. do really totally agree. I'm not yeah, I, again no commercial. I just agree. Yeah, it's not a commercial. I've taken the disc profile, the Myers Briggs, and I've taken a few others. And just having been in the personal development space for for as many years as I have as well, I've had the opportunity to tap into a lot of different ones. And the Genius Key is really one of the great ones as well. Um, so uh, just this has been absolutely great. And again, I want to just honor you again for not only your service, but uh, for taking in and adopting a nine-year-old. That's amazing. And for, for instilling the, 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 the leadership skills that you're instilling in him. And I love the fact that you're pointing out the good attributes that you're seeing because that, is, that goes so far, right? So I just uh, I honor you for that. So thank you for that. Uh, so we're, we're going to go ahead and reset this room. And just uh, if you're just joining us, of course, this is the Breakfast with Champions. Uh, the largest group on Clubhouse. So we're, we, uh, we're happy that you're here. If you haven't done so yet, make sure that you're clicking the little greenhouse up on top. Uh, that way you're notified every, each and every time that we're here, uh, that, that Breakfast of Champions is here. Always great information being shared across the board. Of course, uh, we're here with Amelia at 9 o'clock in the morning on Eastern Standard Time, as well as 11 o'clock, uh, always with a special guest. And today we're blessed to have Dr. Karen Walker. Um, what we want, what we'd love you to do is we'd love everyone to go ahead and share this room. There's a little box at the bottom of the screen with an arrow. Click on that, and that will share to your clubhouse hallway so people actually know where you are, so we can help the algorithm let people know where we are. And, of course, ping people in uh, individually, of course, when you're clicking on their picture. Make sure they got the little green light at the bottom. Of course, I'm talking about Clubhouse, and we're also on social media. We're on uh, YouTube and Facebook and LinkedIn. And if you're listening and watching there, by all means, share this video, share this content so people can – not only listen now live, but can also watch the replays afterwards because uh, Dr. Karen Walker is an impressive human being and sharing so much. Um, and uh, yeah, so now we'll take, we'll send it back to Randy so we can take some questions from the audience. Uh, and if you're watching on social media, you can always post a question there as well. We'll see it on this end and ask it for you. Who would like to speak up and ask a question? Hi, Randy. It's Tara. Hi, Karen. Hi. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, thank you. I, I actually, uh, well, thank you for your time, first and foremost, because I know you're busy and all over the place. And you're this, I love listening to you. I just, I could sit all day. You have this beautiful tone to your voice and energy. So just you. a wealth of wisdom. But Calming. I Don't you think she's calming? Don't you just she's, feel a sense brings, of peace? You know me, yeah. um, like that energy queen and I can listen to you all day. You just put my whole system at a reset. So I love it. But I wanted to actually ask you about your podcast, the Empowering Your Pink podcast. Can you talk a little bit about that and show people uh, how to get there and what you talk about and all the good stuff? Sure, absolutely. So on the Empowering Your Pink podcast, um, it um, was started in tandem with the Leading by My Ponytail, Why Can't I Wear Pink and Be President book. Um, in order to inspire uh, women and uh, inspiring women about um, the different industries that we work in and, and helping us kind of network with each other and, and get the word out of the top industries, you know, that are out there. So on Empowering Your Pink, we often will interview different uh, women that are in uh, maybe media, broadcast or um, the sports industries, uh, these these high-profile industries, and get a chance to ask them kind of those tough questions like, how did you get here? What would you have done differently if you were talking to your younger self? Um, and then what would you tell uh, women that want to get into this field now? 
you know, what can they do to kind of set themselves up for success. So um, Empowering Your Pink, that title kind of came about because, um, you know, I was a tomboy kind of growing up and, you know, a Marine. So um, pink was kind of like this thing of like, I don't want to be, you know, associated with and everything I wanted was blue, you know, when I was a kid. And so, you know, as I got older and, you know, I, uh, my co-author, Dr. Julie Ducharme, when we wrote this book together of Leading by My Ponytail, we were talking about how, you know, we have to kind of em- embrace our pinkness, right, uh, and our femininity in order to lead like ourselves, right? I mean, you come to know who you are and come to be who you are, and that's okay. And so that's why the the podcast was called Empowering Your Pink was just, you know, hey, you know what? Be yourself and and love yourself and and go for it. So, that's that's a little bit about the podcast. Oh, that's amazing! And I see Dr. Julie has joined us in the room, and it's so nice to see her. Dr. Julie, do you have any questions? Can Can we point out that Karen is in pink? Yes. <laughs> for those yes. of you in club that cannot embraced, see it, I've Dr. embraced Karen my pink. Is wearing pink, broadcasting yes. live from her car. So, <laughs> thank you. Another Maybe. question. Yeah, I've embraced that. I, I have a I have a question for you, um, Dr. Karen. First of all, again, thank you for being here and your time. Um, what I'm wondering is, you talk about emotion regulation, managing your emotions. How does one manage their emotions in in the stressful times, on the bad days? What is the uh, number one technique that you can give us to manage stress on the bad days? Sure. Um, so what we ha- you know, a lot of that, too, is this self-awareness, right? Understanding who we are and knowing that when you're stressed, kind of the, the reg- your average self is kind of heightened, right? So if you already know your kind of high-drive um, uh, personality and then your stress is going to be, like, exasperated. So some of the things that you can do um, when you're stressed really is those mindfulness techniques that we talk about but we don't often do but there's different ways to um, use stress relief techniques like that that affect you um, intellectually or spiritually or physically right so uh, mindfulness techniques can be physical like exercise or um, yoga those types of things Um, but you can also do the breathing techniques right Um, and um, prayer, which is more of like your spiritual needs. And then there's also a social aspect to uh, stress relief. And I think because of the pandemic and the shutdown, a lot of us miss that relational aspect of stress relief. Um, Just that getting together with friends, being able to kind of like put everything else aside in your life and hang out again. Um, so there is a relational aspect to stress uh, relief as well. And if you're able to start kind of building those uh, moments into your life uh, purposefully, you can start reducing your stress. But it's just a matter of figuring out kind of which one you might be missing. Oop, I, I love hear, that. I see they, Tony's mouth. I yeah. don't hear Tony. There you go. I love that they say that stress is just an achiever's word for fear. Mm. So if you I think like about that, that uh, yeah, you know, sure. an achiever doesn't want to admit that they're afraid that there's fear. So it's stress. 
the reality is it's stress that something's not going to work out or you're not going to be able to, 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 to meet the deadline or whatever it is. But it's an achiever's word for fear. So I just thought I'd kind of throw that one into the mix. Right. That, that perfectionism that we all have, right? Listen, perfectionism is usually the enemy of execution, right? Because we want to get it so perfect, we never take action. And that's why there's so many people with unfulfilled dreams in the cemeteries, the richest place in the, in the, in the world, right? The, the graveyard is the richest place because of all those unfulfilled dreams and untaken action. So, love that. Right. Sure. Hey, More Dr. Questions. Karen. This is Dr. Julie. Hey, Dr. Karen. Hi. <laughs> I had a question. So Karen and I have known each other for 21 years. Yes. And we worked on a lot of different things together. Um, but hey, Dr. Karen, you didn't mention this script that you're writing that's won a ton of awards, a movie script. And I think you should oh. tell everyone about that. Well, yeah, thank you, Julie. It's good to hear from you, my longtime friend and colleague. Um, yeah, so I actually wrote a script called Battle Cries, and it's doing very well for a first-time screenwriter. Um, I am, you know, very humble about that, and so, you know, I'm happy. So it's, sometimes I don't talk a lot about it, but it's just that I'm just so amazed about it. Um, it's uh, based on a true story, and I say it's like um, Love and Basketball meets G.I. Jane and A Few Good Men. Um, but those were like the movies <laughs> kind of of my era. But, um, and really, I, I wrote it to kind of also shed light on, you know, women in the military and their um, uniqueness um, in, in beauty and strength. And we don't see a lot of films that really tell that story um, with the lead being, you know, female and being able to do that um, and just kind of overcoming um, some of the, you know, adversities, but also being um, strong and beautiful in that way. And so, um, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's a screenplay and it's um, been doing very well and in some um, big competitions, um, um, Atlanta Screenplay Festival. Um, the Big Apple Screenplay Festival, um, it's, it's won a, a few um, awards, so I'm very pleased and happy about it. I'm trying to get it to the big screen. That's the next um, big steps. So that's... that's so this is that. interesting. So yes. we have to get Dr. Uh, Dr. Julia to come in and to get you to toot your own horn <laughs> so, um, because you don't do it. So you okay. are the human behavior. So about tooting your own. We've talked about this before. It is hard. Yeah. We want you to toot your own horn. We want people to follow you on social media. We want people to buy your books. We wouldn't have you here if we did not believe in you. We want people to go to your website. Um, we want to do that. So, but you were shy and you shied back and you're not tooting your own horn. What advice do you have for all of us? Now, some people have no problem with it, but what advice do you have for those who are challenged talking about themselves and promoting themselves? Sure. Yeah. I like that, Randy. I, I think the advice, the greatest advice I have is, you know, you know, and that's something I work on constantly is that assertiveness, right? That line with assertiveness, but is that old saying of closed mouths don't get fed, right? And uh, being able to ask for the things that you need and that um, you never know, um, 
you know, whoever you're talking to might know the person that you need to know. So expressing the need that you have um, is very helpful. So I think that's probably the biggest kind of advice that I could give is just um, being able to express it because it might not be that person that hears it, but they might be able to tell somebody who needs to hear it. You know, if I can just jump in on that and say that playing small does not serve you, does not serve your family, and it does not serve the world. So step in, lean in, and uh, get uncomfortable. Uh, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. But uh, I love that you're doing that. Congratulations on that, and we will toot your horn. Uh, so yeah, if, if 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 nobody, well, I'm sure a lot of people have already clicked on the link above. But click on the link above. Make sure that you're following Dr. Dr. Walker, not just on her website, but stalk her on social media, uh, because you never know when the next connection is going to be the connection that that is going to take not only the your 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 screenplay and, and your movie to the next level, but also take the person who shares it takes their life to the next level. Because again, it is all about connection, right? Human connection is everything. The relationships we have determine the the, 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 the quality of our relationships determine the quality of our life. So Absolutely. just wanted to chime in there. And I love that you said that, Dr. Karen, about the ask, because Amelia Antonetti actually taught me the power of asking. And I think um, it's probably one of the most valuable lessons I learned, but I sat in that fear of, you know, what if I hear a no? And she had said to me, so what if you hear no? It's okay. You'll hear a yes. Keep going. And so I'm so glad that you said that. And I hope that people, when they listen to the replay, really take the initiative to start getting really uncomfortable and asking because you're always one answer away from a yes. You always are. So I love that you shared that. Well, if you look at, and we've talked about the ask topic a lot, you look at somebody even like me, my job today is not about me. My job today is for people to love Dr. Karen Walker. So my job today is to ask her questions and hopefully ask her engaging questions to make her look good and make her help people. It's not about me. So for those of us who have those jobs that it's about us asking somebody else what they think, what they want, what they need, man, it's hard. (laughs) It's very hard to do it. Yeah, that's always a challenge, um, you know, and I think probably in the in the work that we do, right, I mean, is being able to help others, and a lot of times we, you know, I think even as parents, sometimes we neglect ourselves because we're always helping um, our children, so I mean, as Mother Day, Mother's Day is coming up, you know, I hope that mothers will be celebrated um, for all that they do for their kids as well. So we've got the link to your website. Am I now? Can you purchase all three books, or is that yep. when's the because. newest book come out? When is it truly available for and purchase? How can they, so and they how can, can check out your uh, your, your screenwriting. Mean, yeah, absolutely. So my screenplay, um, you can um, access it. Well, um, it's on Blacklist, which is um, for screen um, plays and other. Um, access there I mean I'm on you know Coverfly, Film Freeway all that um, so you can you know connect with me on any of those but also all my social media is at Dr. Combat Pink um, at and Dr. D-R-C-O-M-B-A-T-P-I-N-K at yes Dr. yes Combat I've accepted Pink. my pinkness now so <laughs> um, you know I wear it proudly um, and boldly so and um, all the books are available on Amazon, so you can purchase them. Um, so I have Leading by My Ponytail, which is um, 
The first one's kind of a modern-day business guide for women, and I co-authored that with Dr. Julie Ducharme, and she does kind of a perspective of women in corporate. I do from women in uniform. Um, and then the second one there is Love, Leadership, Loyalty, What It Takes to Be the Best Boss Ever. And that one's also available on Amazon. Um, and that one talks about um, hundreds of interviews, the results of that. Um, the question is, describe to me the best boss you ever had. And um, so those, the spoiler alert is in there, but um, loyalty was the number one answer. So a boss that has your back um, and it will be there for you. Um, the, the third book is still available on Amazon. It is in pre-launch right now. My publisher says I can still give it at that rate. So you want to make sure you're able to jump on that. Um, and it is the keeping score, how the best consultants measure impact and success. So you they're all available on Amazon now, so you can grab them. Thank you so much. We are at 11.59. We're right on time to say closing comments. I'm so grateful that you spent the hour with us. Amelia, thank you so much for trusting us to not destroy the hour that you've worked so hard <laughs> to build. Yeah. Uh, we're very grateful to come in and pinch hit for her today and, and hope she's having a very successful day. And any closing comments from TNT? Oh, I'm just so grateful for you and your time because I know you're so busy. So I, I'm just, I love you. I wish, actually, we should bring you back. When you have a little bit more time, we can talk more about the books sure. and uh, more about that screenplay. So She I does actually really back. gush about you behind your back. She really does say this behind your back. <laughs> I do, I love, this is true. I love yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is true. I've, I've heard it as well. And again, <laughs> thank you for being here. And, uh, and yes, we should have her back because we've only heard part of one book. We'd love to hear uh, about the other books. We'd love to hear about the screenplay, a little bit more about that. Uh, and again, we're just grateful to have you here to share so much wisdom uh, with all of us and we're grateful for it and hopefully you'll join us again. Sure, I'd love to. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.